Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome back to the Summer Reading Plan. Today we are talking about the first part of Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. I've got to say up front that chapter 7 has been the hardest chapter to get through for me. I read chapter 7 multiple times and I looked at all my resources and I sat down to write some notes and I just had nothing. I um, kept asking myself, do I really understand this? I've told you guys that I try to read it and then I ask myself, okay, what, what did this say? You know, like come up with a summary on my own and I like I was doing that, but I just, something was not clicking. I took my Bible and I sat down with Joseph at his desk and I said, I think this is what I'm reading, but I want to make sure. And then Joseph used my own tools against me. He said, Anna, you have to step back and remember who Paul was writing to and why he was writing. Well played, Joseph, well played. So I'm here to remind you today as you read chapter seven that Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, made up mostly of Jewish Christians. And the most important thing to note here is that Paul didn't know if he would ever make it to Rome. So he wrote this letter and gave it everything he had. He's leaving no stone unturned, if you will, no corner unswept. I've heard it said that um, we don't read to just get through the Bible, but we read to get the Bible through us. And it's like Paul is saying, you're going to get this concept through your thick skulls if it's the last thing I do. And it's that we are born into sin, every single one of us. And we desperately, desperately need a Savior. No matter who we are, where we come from, what we've been through, we all need a Savior. So, um... How does he say this? How does he illustrate this in chapter 7? You could look at the past few chapters as almost like bashing the law. You could read it that way. Um, You know, it says that the law won't save us. We've read this over and over. So, it's like Paul's answering this question. Does that mean that the law is sinful? No, 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 no. Paul says to think of it this way. That a man and a woman are married And as long as they live, they're bound to each other um, by marriage. And if the woman were to live with another man while her husband was still alive, it would be adultery, right? So the only way that she would be free to marry again is if her husband died. And in this illustration, we're the wife and we have died to the law. So the law has no authority over us. That's what um, chapter 7 verse 4 says. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So, we're on track, right? Well, not really, because that us being the wife and the wife dying is not the illustration that Paul gave, he said that the husband would have to die for the wife to be free to marry again. So how does his illustration line up with our relationship with the law? So, um, what, what this shows us is that the law 
the husband, has not died, so the law still has authority. It still rules over like mankind, over the flesh. And the law itself is not our enemy. Sin is. Um, and so, just to finish up this marriage illustration, the law still has is still alive, still has authority over mankind, but the wife, the church, has died. And so, we're free from the law in that in our new life, we are married to Christ instead of the law. So, it's a tricky kind of illustration there, but um, it makes sense if you can get it. Um, so, let's talk about seeing sin as the enemy rather than the law. And maybe enemy is not the right word, but um, I, I like this quote that I read from one of the commentaries that I've been using. It says, the weakness of legalism is that it sees sins, plural, but not sin, the root of the trouble. So, sin, singular, as this entity, like we are born into sin. So even when you're an infant, you're a small child, even if you've never committed a sin, you haven't participated in sins, plural, you are still born into sin. Sin is something that is always a part of our flesh. Um, so I love this and I'm going to explain this, talk about this a little bit more, and then I'm going to be done with today because this is the part that gave me the most trouble and it's the part that I had to get through me because I can be guilty of legalism in that in my mind I start to believe that since I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this that I'm good that's seeing sin as sins plural like a list of things that you're not supposed to do um, but truly, my flesh will never get away from sin because I was born into sin, singular, which was just saying. So sin is always with me. And the law was given to help control the flesh. However, because Jesus came and died, and because I died with him in baptism, and I've been filled with his spirit, the flesh part of me, the sin part of me has been put to death. And now I have help through the Spirit to walk in the newness of life. It's what Romans 7, 6 tells us. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which has held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Whew. And I think I might have talked about that um, already, about that being released from the law is like when Lazarus came from the dead. Did I talk about this on this podcast? And um, Jesus said, even though he was raised from the dead, said, loose him and from his grave clothes, loose him and let him go. And that's what happens to us when we are released from the law. Um, we It's like taking the grave clothes off after we've been raised from the dead. Remember the illustration of the wife that died all the way back from getting. Whew. Okay, I think we made it just through the first 12 verses, but that's a lot. So um, you guys think on this and then we'll come back tomorrow and we'll finish it up. <laughs>